I um, want to start out with a couple things before we start. One, if you're new to Church Project or this is your first time, we're glad you're here. And we're a church. We're a gathering of people that love Jesus. And we love the mission of Jesus in this world. And, and we want to live it out together. We're also a project. We're an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ originally intended church to be. So we look at the, the Old Testament and we look at the New Testament church and we say, so how did they do church? And we see that Jesus, he taught in the temple courts every week and by the thousands people would come and so we have our Sunday gatherings. We also see in the early church that they met needs everywhere that they went. And so we meet needs as well with our ministry partnerships. We financially and relationally partner with effective ministries for the cause of Christ in our city and somewhat in our world too, which is great. And, and we also see that the early church, what they did is they met together in houses and they encouraged each other, they taught, they prayed, um, they, they spurred each other on to love and good deeds. They went back there when they got released out of prison, like that was their community. And so we do that as well with house churches all throughout our community. We're taking the month of, of December off for our house churches, but I would encourage all of us, find a, go to the website and just find a house church near you and, and visit it because uh, that's just so important as to who we are as Christians. So welcome to Church Project. I have a couple announcements before we get into the parable today, and there's some pretty cool announcements. So I'm like, this is great. The first one is this. We're going to Israel in December 2020. It's not just Church Project Greeley. It's Church Project Winter Park, the one in California, a couple in Texas. We're all going to meet together, and we're going to go there. I had the opportunity to go there last year, and it was, it was absolutely incredible. I'd always wanted to go, and it was my first chance to go. So October 2020, we're going. We're going to have a meeting upstairs, mainly because it's warmer up there. I'm a little cold. I know. Upstairs, after our gathering, we're going to have an information meeting. So if you're at all even curious or you want to know more information about it, let us know. We don't have a lot of spots for Church Project Greeley to go. So please go up there afterwards, and and I'll meet you up there, and we'll talk about our Israel trip. That's kind of cool. Um, The second one is this. Next Sunday morning, um, we are not gathering here. We won't have a gathering next Sunday because we're celebrating our Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve service is next Sunday night. So next Sunday night, you can come back here. What time was that? Was it, oh, you probably know more than I do. Yeah, read that. You don't need me to talk. So next Sunday night, we'll be here, but next Sunday morning, do not be here. Sleep in. No one wants to do that, I know. And then one huge announcement that, that I just want to give us just as a church body. We, we brought to this to you a couple months ago, uh, maybe three months ago, about, hey, listen, if you've been downstairs in this building with our kiddos, you know that it's not quite the most ideal location for our kiddos. It's so loud, and it's kind of tight. So if you've volunteered down there, you're really going to kind of like this. We've been praying, God, what do you have for us? Like, what do you have for Church Project? We talked, remember, we threw out ideas, like maybe we're going to start meeting on Sunday nights. That didn't go so well, so we kind of backed off of that conversation. We've looked at other buildings. We've looked at other partnerships. Like we, over the last, I would say the last um, six months, have really been praying, like, God, what do you have for Church Project Greeley? Uh, As of, what, three weeks ago, we were in conversation with um, Crossroads. You know that church? It's just two blocks from here, two blocks south from here. 
um, their pastor had resigned, and then they kind of got a little smaller. Um, and they have a huge, big building. It's a beautiful building, just two blocks away. We were in conversations with them, and, and another church uh, called The Town is now going to be partnering with them, and they're going to go in and do that. And so we thought, okay, that door kind of shut. And about the same time, this wonderful, incredible building here uh, that we've been able to be in the last year, uh, they're having more events, and they're having more stuff, and so we're kind of losing a room down there where our kids were going to meet. And so it's like, listen, this building has been beautiful. It's really kind of loud for our kiddos. For all of our volunteers, you guys are incredible. You're awesome. But guess what? This building won't do it anymore. And about three weeks ago, my, my good buddy, and he's spoken here before, Todd Welsh, came and said, hey, we've had a church meeting in our building on Sunday mornings, and they are going to um, leave and go to another place. Um, Waypoints Church, raise your hand if you know where that's at. Okay, they meet in the armory two blocks away. I guess we're supposed to stay in this area. I guess Waypoints might be three blocks away. So on 8th Street is Waypoints Church. Their address is actually 614 8th Avenue. And the Waypoints meets there with Todd Welsh. But it's the Armory Event Center. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start meeting over there. January 12th will be our first gathering where we meet over there. And if you volunteered in kids, you're going to love it. The space is going to be so much better for our kiddos. And it's a very beautiful, beautiful building. So, guys, I'm excited to see. Like, we say we're a project. I think of when we started Church Project eight years ago, how many places God's taken us to. I'm just so pumped that we're not in my living room anymore because that was awkward. And you could listen to people go to the bathroom. And so we're beyond that. That's really good. And it just seems like each step, God just kind of does something cool and unique. It was super exciting moving into this building. Just, I don't, was it a year ago? I don't know. I'm getting old. Time flies. But we've been in this building. It's been really cool. But I'm excited to see what God's going to do as he kind of moves us over to the next building. And that partnership with Todd and that partnership with Waypoints, I think, is going to be amazing. Um, He's spoken here a few times. I've spoken there. And it's going to be cool to see what our two churches can do together. So if you would, be praying for that. Because I understand, like, sometimes change is really difficult. And with change, sometimes it's like, I don't want to change. And, you know, there's pros and cons of all this. But if we really are going to say we're a church project, then we're going to be able to go into this going, all right, God, we hold loosely your church. And we're excited to see what you're doing. So if you would, pray. Pray that, that for those of us who change is going to be hard, that it won't be so hard. In fact, pray that as a body, we'll gain some sort of like, woo, woo, you know, as we get going and move into this next, uh, this next little phase. So I don't know what woo, woo is, but pray that that's what we get here, okay? Sound good? And I, I would say, guys, thank you for your prayers and thank you for your patience. Um, we know, like, it's, it's hard to be a body and figure out how to be the church. So you've done it and we're doing it. So that's a cool announcement I wanted to share with you today. So... There you go. Let's get into this parable. This, this, the slow clap. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Let's get into this. That wasn't Lauren. Who, who started that slow clap? That was Shannon, right? That was Shannon always does a slow clap. <laughs> okay, the parable. Jump in. Uh, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. 
we're coming into our last few parables. Um, typically what we do is we have a book of the Bible that we study through, and we've taken a pause from that. We've been going through parables. We're probably looking at an Old Testament book next that we're going to start walking through, but we're almost done with the parables here. This parable that I'm going to read today is actually one of my favorite parables, um, and I would love to hear what you think about this parable. It's in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, and it's the parable of the tax collector. You can follow along on your version notes if you want to, but let me just read this passage before we start talking about it. The, par- the, the Pharisee and the tax collector, Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, and a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like the other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. Verse 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is a cool passage. So I want to start out the message today by saying hi. I'm Aaron Havens, and I'm an alcoholic. Well, not, not really, but what a raw place to start. Versus, hi, I'm Aaron Havens. I've got it all. It's all good. I'm fine. I don't need anything. What kind of difference is that? You know, if, if, you've, if you've, like my first little analogy there, if you've been through Alcoholics Anonymous AA, everyone starts at this place where it's like, hey, listen, so I am. And from there, you get to be built up and you get to be encouraged. But I think of a lot of us, especially if you've grown up in church, it's really easy to just go, man, how's your day? I'm good. Everything's fine. I mean, Really? Is it? And we look, we look at this parable here and we look at this passage and I'm wondering how many times do we just kind of never really think about our shortcomings? We never really think about this thing called sin and how it affects our lives. Like we put on this Christian face and we come in and shake our Christian hands and, and share our Christian coffee morning breath with each other. But we just kind of go through this thing. And as I read this parable and I think about this passage, I've thought of it about it multiple times in my life. It's just like, man, who do I want to be more like when I, when I read this parable? And I think a, a good question to kind of ask with this particular parable is, who would you rather have dinner with in this passage? Like who, who are you like, listen, I got one night off and I'm going to go have some great food, have some great drinks, and just kind of hang out and talk with this person? Who would it be? Would you rather have dinner with the Pharisee or the tax collector? I, I've had many coffees with Pharisees. 
And I don't want to dive too deep into this, okay? But just kind of go with me on this. Like, I've, I've sat down with a lot of Pharisees, and I, I'll admit, I myself have been a Pharisee, as we're talking about in this passage, many, many times. And what I mean by that is I've, I've had coffee with people that it just seems like, or I've been in conversations with people where it just seems like the world rotates around them, and everyone else is kind of over there. And as we look at this parable and we look at this passage, we see the Pharisee and he's saying, God, thank God I'm not like them because I'm close to you and he, he is judging along the way. And if you've ever had coffee with people like this, man, I leave exhausted after these coffee meetings. Why? Because it typically looks like them talking about themselves the whole time and literally asking no questions of me. Like, you don't even want to know anything about me? Have you ever been in a conversation where it's always been one-sided and there's been no questions asked of you? That's exhausting. I'm not a counselor. In fact, I'm terrible at counseling. <laughs> but I've sat through many of these, these exhausting conversations and I've, I've done this in conversations myself where it's just the world has rotating around me. I've been in those conversations as well where maybe they do accidentally ask a, a question but you can tell they're not listening. Have you ever been in those, right? And so they're forming like the next thing that they're going to say, even as you're speaking, and you can kind of know, like they're not listening to a word that I'm even saying here. Or even better than that, because I'm just now super old. I'm 45. Super old. But this watch is now driving me crazy because you get texts and stuff on it. And so you've been, in those, you've been in those coffee meetings or those dinners or those conversations where it's like someone's just checking their phone. They're like, yeah cool, sweet, yeah, oh yeah, I bet that hurt, you know, now you can check on your phone, on your watch, so I'm just super old, right, so I'm just, I'm just kind of posing this as something, like, who would you rather have coffee with, or who would you rather have dinner with, especially in this passage, I mean, we see this Pharisee, and we see this tax collector, and we see what's going on, there is a really good book that I recommend, and it's on your, it's in your um, version notes, it's called um, falling Upward, and this is a book by Richard Rohr. It is an incredible, incredible book. That, that it, the, the premise of it is this. It's decommissioning the first half of life warrior. And so the first half of life, Aaron Havens needed to go out and just kick some tail. Like, be a warrior, like, be a provider, like, go out and go and be aggressive and do all these things. And, and we see in this book, and a little bit in this passage even, is that this second half of life will be hurt by the first half of life warrior that, that God had created me to be. And so you reach this point in life, and typically it's actually in, in my age group right now, about 45 or so, when you have to go listen I need to decommission the warrior from the first half of life because the second half of life is not going to be served well by this individual. Like the second half of life, Aaron, needs to be way more patient. He needs to sit down a little bit more, needs to listen a little bit more, needs to be a little bit more methodical. And we can see the people that have moved into the second half of life great. They're the people like, if I can embarrass them, Bill and Jeannie Jerky. That smile well and deep, and they've lived through hell. I love them. I want to be like Bill and Jeannie Jerky. 
But you also see people that, that in their sage age, I'll just put it in the sage age, they haven't transitioned well. And so they're, they're facing these problems of life and they're trying to solve these problems with first half solutions like going and buying super fancy cars or whatever it may be. Don't, don't get lost in this analogy, but man, you have to grow through life. And I, I can see this Pharisee has not yet grown yet in his relationship or her relationship with Christ. Because I can think back to Aaron Havens at 20, 21, 22, 23. I can think of a lot of times in Aaron Havens' life, okay, where I didn't think my poop stunk. Yeah. Where I was a soldier out kicking butt for God, taking names like God needs me to save the world, like that idealistic, like go for it, right? And I'm not knocking that either. But I think if I was to meet Aaron Havens now, you know, the 20, 25, 30-year-old Aaron Havens now at this age, I don't know that I would like me a whole lot. I would have to be a little bit more patient with me. But the 20-year-old Aaron looking at the 45-year-old Aaron would be like, Oh, man, I don't know about you. What are we getting at? Proverbs 11, too, says this. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. I can see in this passage, can you, I I don't need to go far from this passage to see that you see this Pharisee that's like full of pride. Look at the way that he prays. Look at the the way that he positions and postures himself. And look at the way that he even judges the other people there. And he's like, my poop don't stink, God. Like, I got a fast track to you. Raise your hand if you've ever been there. And maybe I'm the only one, okay. Um, And it's easy to slip there even now, regardless of age, regardless of how we're living. It's easy for us to slip there and to think that all of life comes down to me. And when pride comes in, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. God, I pray for all of us that we'd be humble men and women. That we would know who you created us to be, God. And we would chase after today with all its might. And we'd be innovators and creative. And, and we, would, we would push our professions. And we would do everything. We'd be the best parents that we could, God. I pray for all those things. I pray for advancement in all those areas. But I also pray that we would be humble. That sounds like someone that's aging well. That sounds like someone that wants to grow more like Christ every day. God, make me more like you. Amen? I think of Psalms 139, verses 23 through 24, and this could be a great prayer for us. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Do we pray this prayer and do we have these thoughts where it's like, God, search me, know me, and if you find any pride or anything that's pulling me away from you, God, like, fix that. (laughs) Help me and lead me in the way that's right because I don't think there's anyone in this room right now, if we call ourselves Christ followers, Christians, that we would say, of the two options here, I would rather be the Pharisee than the, the tax collector. Because we see a man full of pride. And I pray that if that's any of us, that God would break us and strip us of our pride. That we would be men and women, humility, seeking after God and saying, God, if there's anything offensive in me, lead me in your way everlasting.
And when I read this passage, I also have to get to this really weird conclusion, and go with me in this. I don't want us to get lost too much in the title of Pharisee and tax collector, but just go with me in this thought. As I read this passage, God must be okay with the tax collector pastor. He must be. Because I'm probably more like a tax collector than a Pharisee. I don't know, but then I'm, sometimes I'm a Pharisee as well. And that must mean that God must be okay with me being a tax collector parent. And God must be okay with you being a tax collector fill in the blank of your life. Like it's men and women that almost like appro- are approaching God going, I can't even, like this man in the parable, I can't even really go to the temple And I can't really even look up at you. And I can't really even pray like that Pharisee. I'm impressed with his prayers. Like, those are really educated prayers, but I can't even go there. And when you begin to see this, you begin to see that this person is filled with humility. Almost false humility here, too. And you begin to say, God, I pray that I'm not that arrogant person. But I'm a person of humility that says, God, search me. And if that's the case, God's okay with the tax collector pastor and the tax collector parent. As a tax collector, I know where I'm coming from and I know where I've been. So when I stand up and say, hey, I'm Aaron Havens, an alcoholic, which I'm not, that is a statement that says, I know where I'm coming from and I know where I've been. Now God, build me from here. And if we can approach our lives more with that as a tax collector that says, I know where I'm coming from, and I know where I'm going, and I know why I'm here. The only reason that I'm here is because God saved me, and God has given me hope. Just think if we approached our life every day with that mentality. Our relationship with God is ever-changing, and here we see the Pharisee. We see him maybe very educated, maybe in a relationship with God for a while, but we see a tax collector that's coming, and we're praying that, God, we would see you more as a relationship than as like something we've got to do to prove ourselves to the world at large. So Max, my dog, who's 14, he's going to kick it someday soon. Uh, when Max was younger, he wanted to play with me all the time, and he wore me out. He's an obsessive dog. I think he's really got mental problems, for real. And he <laughs> wanted to play all the time. Wore me out. Now Max is, sometimes can go up the stairs, sometimes cannot go up the stairs. He's just getting older. But Max wants to be around me all the time, especially as now that he's deaf. Like, he's always making eye contact at me the entire day. You think it's cool, right? And it's just like, he's just always there, right? I can go sleep on the couch, and he, I wake up, and he suddenly is there. I'm like, how did you get here? I have no idea. Like, Max just wants to be around me. I want to have a deaf old dog relationship with God. <laughs> this is an imago, man. <laughs> the, the kind that, that could sit over dinner and not say a word. You know, you've seen those old people when you're going out to eat. And maybe they're just enjoying their company. They don't even have to say a word. Like I, I see Max. 
He's okay with just hanging out, just being around me. I want that deful dog relationship with God, just being in his company is enough. And as I look at the tax collector and I look at the Pharisee, I'm like, dear God, may I be more like the tax collector. This is like, I know where I'm coming from and I know why I'm here and God, I need you. I just want to sit with you. I just want to be here with you, God. So in this, this passage, we can see three main characters. We see the tax collector that we've talked about a lot. We see the Pharisee, which we've talked about a lot, but we haven't talked about a whole lot the main character in the story. The main character in the story is God. And if you look at this passage, just look, look down to verse 14. Actually, it started in verse 13, because I like where the, when this passage turns and says, but, and then this is the good part of the, pa- the parable. So in verse 13, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He knew where he was coming from. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. And so you see in verse 14, as Jesus is telling this crowd of people that are very righteous and arrogant and proud people, he says, there was a Pharisee, and he thought he had it all together. And there's this tax collector, and he beat himself. And he's like, God, no, I mean, I, I have to stand at a distance. And, and Jesus then in verse 14 says, I tell you that it was the tax collector that went home justified before God. How do you want to go home today? Even from this place, how do you want to go home today? Hopefully you go home justified before God. And the only way that we're going to be justified before God is we're honest with ourselves. God, search me and know, is there any ways in me that goes against you? If so, rid them from me, strip them from me. Maybe it's arrogance, maybe it's pride, maybe it's other things that that we label as sin. And God is speaking to this in a very real way. And he's saying, listen, know who I am, know who you are, and know where you're coming from. And it was the man that said, I surrender to you, God, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. For those who humble themselves will be exalted. I look at this and I pray four things over us and just to wrap this up today. Maybe you'll close your, your Bible and maybe you'll let God just speak to you in this just, just personally. Because you can hear a message like this and you can go home and just be like, woe is me, I'm, I'm nothing, I'm, I'm a sinner and I don't want to be pri- proud, I, I want to be humble and we begin to beat ourselves up. The pendulum can swing in two different directions here. One of them is we can be the arrogant Pharisee. The other one is we can be like, God created me as dust and I'm dirt and I'm nothing and I'm not worthy. And Jesus comes and says, no, really, like it's in the middle right here that I've created you to be. To know that over here pride is going to destroy you. To know that over here I've lifted you up from the ashes of death and despair. Like I've created you to be a new creation. Stay in the lane of Jesus is what he's saying. Be more like Jesus. And so my prayer for all of us is as we sit here today and we let the Holy Spirit just kind of speak to our hearts and our minds, here's the things I want to pray over us. So would you join me in this? God, first off, for all of us, 
I pray that we would be honestly present this week. And church, what I mean by that, maybe we'll just take a few minutes individually to, to, to pray this over our lives, to be honestly present this week, but to realize when we are walking with God in our day and day out life, and when we're walking separate from God in our life, like we're living more life for us, or we're living life with God. And so God, I pray that we would be more honestly present this week. Church, would you pray that over your lives? second thing to pray over today is God help me to fully remember where I've come from and I think it's easy for us to go yeah I was a sinner I'm saved and we move on and we never forget we never remember like oh wait I've come from despair and it was because of Jesus that I can walk in freedom and so spend just a few moments here just praying to God fully Help us remember where we've come from. The, the third thing to pray over today. The first one was to be honestly present throughout our week and our lives. The second one was to Remember fully where we've come from. The third one that we can pray through together is that we would focus on his character, who God is. So pray that over your lives today and through this week. fourth one, I'm going to take a pause because this is just cool. Do you hear that music downstairs? It's playing from our kids. They're, they're going through a time of reflection every week just like we do. Isn't that cool? Like our kids are reflecting right now downstairs. That's cool. I just wanted to point that out. God, I, I pray for us here this fourth thing that we can pray over our lives. I want to live and love like you do, God. And so maybe think about our week of, how, of where we've come from. Or maybe even the week we're going into. We'll recognize areas this past week where we quite haven't lived and loved like Jesus did and does. And ask God to have, have grace over that moment and forgiveness over that moment. Just kind of make a declaration like God in this next week. Please help me to have more life and more love like you in this area of my life. And so just have a little conversation with God in this. I want to live and love more like you.